It is that time of year when we start to think about swimming again. The nation's lifeguards are mustering. Some people swim through the winter months, of course, in unheated pools or off our beaches. Not in Auckland Harbour at the moment. That's put the dampener on things, pardon the pun. But most of us wait until the water gets above 21 degrees or so. Maybe more than 26 degrees, to be truthful. At the same time, though, the benefits of cold water swimming have been talked up a lot and the virtues of turning your shower to cold for a couple of very long minutes before you hop out of it. What is the science saying? Will Stone is a writer and broadcaster for National Public Radio in America, and he's done the research for us. Hello, Will. Hey there. Very good of you to take this plunge on our behalf. Are you a cold water swimmer yourself, Will? Guilty. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, that's actually, you know, part of the impetus for reporting on this. Um, I've been dabbling in cold plunging more than swimming, I would say, for a couple years now. But uh, about a year ago, I moved down right next to the water here in Seattle, and I kind of had no excuse not to try it more regularly. And so I picked it up and have stuck with it, you know, a couple times a week for the past year or so. I think we know the drill. I mean, we've heard it described, even if we've never done it. Uh, there's a there's shock, there's shivering, there's gasping. You describe it all. But afterwards, quoting you, powerful, even transformative effects on people's states of mind and sense and a sense of well-being. Goodbye, anxiety. Hello, calm, etc. It sounds worth it. Uh, what's your own experience? Well, I will say I got into it because I do really feel uh, better and I notice the effects pretty immediately um, and just in terms of my mood, in terms of anxiety on a day-to-day basis, and especially when it gets uh, cold here and it gets dark in the winter, lack of light. Uh, I found that doing the cold plunge really helped my mood. Now, if I put on my science hat, a uh, science reporter hat, uh, I have to kind of look at the evidence and take a more skeptical skeptical eye. But anecdotally, it has made a difference in my life. Part of the problem is that they've studied, I think you point this out, mainly healthy young men like yourself. That's right. That's right. Those are the people you can uh, <laughs> convince to get into the cold water usually, right? <laughs> Um, sometimes in life, can we just get right to the possible uh, mechanisms behind your feeling better? Sometimes in life, you know, not always, when you push through mental barriers and you do things that scare you stiff, etc., you do reap long-lasting benefits. You know, I did it, I can do it, anxiety dissipates, self-esteem rises. I wonder how much of that is in play here. Well, that is definitely kind of one of the key areas that's being looked at in terms of the mental health benefits, um, you know, developing resilience in the face of an extreme stressor. And and a kind of useful concept here is this idea of cross adaptation and meaning that you get exposed to one stressor like the cold water and then you're able to potentially encounter other stressors, uh, you know, better and calm your nervous system. The science around that isn't quite as developed, but uh, you definitely hear it from people. We don't have the evidence around that yet. Before we continue, in case someone's only hearing this part of the interview and is about about to hurry out the door, there can be substantial hazards can't they, and suddenly adopting a cold water habit. Certainly. And I think this is one thing that gets lost in um, a lot of the hype uh, around this around this health trend is that 
Uh, cold water is no joke. It, it, you know, some places it depends on what you're dealing with. But I think, you know, generally we're talking below 15 degrees Celsius and, you know, where I am, maybe 10 degrees or lower. And, uh, you know, if you have any cardiovascular issues, uh, it can be very stressful on your system. You can pass out. Obviously, there's hypothermia. You know, that's a major risk because we lose heat a lot faster in water than we do in cold air. Um, so it's not the kind of thing that you should just kind of venture into without a single thought. Um, but y- there are ways, obviously, to do it safely and hopefully reap some benefits. Will cold water immersion or maybe more relevantly for most of us, turning the shower to cold at the end of your shower help your health? Will it manage your blood sugar levels, for example, Will? So here we have some of the best evidence in terms of cold in general. Uh, uh, There have been quite a few studies on metabolism in cold in the last 10 years or so. Uh, Usually these are done in cold rooms where people are standing or hanging out for hours or it's done with these special cooling suits. It's not necessarily done with showers. Um, But in those contexts, uh, they do find that it has pretty, pretty much across the board improvements in your ability to manage blood sugar. And this is kind of similar to what you might see uh, after exercise, you know, for about maybe 24, even 48 hours afterwards, you will see improvements. Now, uh, whether just 30 seconds, a minute of the shower will do that, we do not know yet. But I mean, in general, this idea that it could be helpful for blood sugar and metabolic health, I think is one of the most promising areas in cold research. You need to shiver, do you, basically? Yep, yep. That is one of the uh, prices you have to pay. At least it appears so. You have to get those muscles moving so that they use up the energy, right? And and in that way also, this exercise comparison is helpful uh, because you're getting these muscle contractions all over the body. Um, you know, in, in certain exercise, you're not even necessarily getting all those muscles involved. But when you're shivering, it's a, it's a full body experience usually. And so you need to get to a point where there's some shivering to really see meaningful benefits in terms of blood sugar. At least that's what the research suggests. Yeah, that's interesting. And how about helping with weight? loss, I think you alluded to benefiting the immune system. How, how firm is the science on all of that? Yeah, the, the science there is, you know, intriguing, but I would say it's pretty thin right now. Uh, there have been a couple small studies looking at uh, diabetes um, in, in terms of managing blood sugars we just talked about, and it does actually seem to be um, there's some promise there. You know, when it comes to the immune system, here, too, we get a lot of claims about, you know, it activates your immune system. And there are definitely some studies that have looked at this, um, but we really don't have a good sense of of how effective it is. And a pr- part of the problem is a lot of the studies were done on people who are cold water swimmers. And so it's hard to then separate, you know, what's the swimming, what's the cold water. Um, and then these are athletes, right? Um, so they're not just your average person. Um, so all of this really needs to be kind of teased apart and looked at systematically, which it just hasn't been done yet. Will Stone is with us from NPR in Seattle. You mentioned a study in the Netherlands regarding cold showers that was interesting in terms of what happened to people after those. They And it included several thousand people. It was a randomized controlled trial. So this is kind of one of the better, bigger studies we have in general when it comes to health benefits of, of cold water. And it did find that 
there was some uh, reduced chance of getting sick among people who did this. And uh, part of the goal of that study was to do something that to try something that people might actually do. Right. I mean, uh, 30 seconds, a minute, maybe 90 seconds of cold water uh, at the end of a hot shower. That's something you can get a lot of people um, on board with, as opposed to maybe throwing yourself in a freezing lake uh, when <laughs> it's a totally new thing to you. <laughs> None of this so far is adding up to a large finger beckoning us into that frozen lake, but it's kind of it's kind of encouraging. At the same time, it, from what I infer from what you wrote, there may be science to come that's going to firm some of this up. Yeah, that's exactly right. I did not want to write a piece that was just kind of a debunking piece because it's not entirely the story. Yes, there are some claims that are definitely uh, ahead of the science, but a lot of this just hasn't been looked at carefully yet. And I do want to point out that um, the the early data on mental health is very promising. You know, there's a major... Uh, clinical trial that is starting in in England next year that will have hundreds of people. And it's going to look at this uh, for, you know, treating uh, potentially uh, anxiety and depression. And that's based on very promising early results from their from preliminary studies. The question is how cold and for how long? You mentioned a few low temperatures earlier. I read one of your experts telling you that a bearable sort of 21 degrees Celsius you know, not not necessarily, you know, 13, 14 or 7 or 8, um, 21 degrees may well do the trick. That's right. Um, he, uh, Francois Aman, who's a professor at the University of Ottawa, says, you know, most days he doesn't try to do this extreme uh, ice dipping, as he calls it, maybe just once, once or twice a month. Uh, most days he'll just get in a cold shower or he'll um, fill up his bathtub, leave it, leave it overnight and jump into it. And that will give you not the same maybe intense cold shock where you get this giant rush of adrenaline, but it will get you going. And he kind of likens it to a cup of coffee, you know, get the metabolism going, get some of those benefits. And I think that's a good way for people to kind of uh, get into this is maybe don't go for the most extreme experience first um, and then slowly over time, see if you want more. (laughs) And research suggests, I was reading from you, that putting your head under the surface in cold water has a different kind of benefit. What is that? Because I thought this may be a useful compromise, just sticking your head under the cold shower head. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So it's kind of interesting because while getting into the water has this activation of your sympathetic uh, arm of your nervous system, your fight or flight, um, there's another response that happens in cold water when you, you know, hold your breath and put your head underwater. It, it actually has a uh, calming effect and a direct anti-inflammatory effect. On, it activates the kind of rest and digest arm of the nervous system. Well, I was fascinated by that because a standard scene in movies – especially old westerns, you know, when the heroes are stressed, is that they dip their heads into a basin and rub water on their faces. And I always thought it was because they couldn't figure out what else to do with them in the scene. But I've always wondered, (laughs) but I've never done that in my life, but maybe it just, it does work to calm people down, obviously. It's actually, if you just try doing that, uh, you will feel refreshed. (laughs) I mean, even just for very momentarily, um, it may not be the same as doing it, you know, when you're out out swimming. But uh, yeah, you'll feel a little better. (laughs) And cold baths, I don't know about showers, but you say cold baths after exercise do relieve soreness in the body. That works. 
yep, that is, you know, mostly a subjective thing that athletes report, but it does, you know, consistently seem to help out with soreness. Um, I pointed out it may not be the kind of thing you want to do at the end of a weightlifting workout if your goal is isn't building muscle. The phenomenon known as the after drop. What is it, and should you be wary of it, do you think, even after a long, cold shower? I would say in a context of a cold shower, well, it depends how cold it is and how long you're in there. Uh, but this phenomenon is something to be careful about in general, especially if you are in cold water, because basically what happens is, you know, your body is willing to uh, sacrifice <laughs> your hands and feet uh, before your internal organs. And so when you get in the water, a lot of your blood is going to move into your core, you know, to, to protect your organs. Um, and when you get out as your vessels dilate, um, some of that cold water is going to then flow back into your core. And so you'll have this effect of actually getting out of the water and you'll think, oh, well, I'm out of the water. I should be okay. And then you'll start to shiver and get even more cold because you're having this after drop. And so I think it's something that can sneak up on people if they're not careful. Um, I've never encountered it in the context of a cold shower, but, um, you know, it's something to be careful about. Okay. And if people are trying cold water swimming this spring, uh, there is a bit of rubbish talked about uh, duration concerning duration of swims. You know, you don't have to go in there forever, do you? No, actually, I think this was one of the, the most surprising things to me because, um, you know, I like to exercise. I like to push things. And I thought as I got into this before I had done the reporting, I would think, OK, tomorrow I'll do seven minutes and then I'll do 10 minutes. Um, and then when I got into uh, speaking to the experts, they said, you know, it's really not necessary. And actually, it could be counterproductive. Um, you probably don't need more than a couple minutes. Now, as you mentioned, we just don't have enough good data to recommend a certain amount of time and a certain temperature is going to confer these benefits. We're just not there yet. Um, but there are these general principles that you do hear repeatedly from the researchers, and that's that they think just a couple minutes, that's really the most critical part. That's when you get that cold shock and then you try to stay calm and, and, and in the face of that stress and master it. And then after that, you've kind of done the, the most of the hard work. And I think it's important for people to realize that it's not like more is better and actually doing it too much can be too much stress, just like you can do too much exercise and it's no longer good for you. And I think that's it's helpful for people kind of getting into this. Okay. And the final thing, Will, I mean, people listening and they th are hearing you and thinking it's done, Will, quite a lot of good. The other uh, aspect is you don't have to do it all the time. I think you... The best advice was maybe once a week if you want to do it. Is that right? That's right. That's what I heard from several uh, different researchers. And I'll say all these people who are studying it and tell you, hey, we don't know all the science yet. They do it in their lives. <laughs> so they clearly believe there's something there. And they also think that it's not necessarily something that has to happen every day. Uh, one or two said to me pretty strongly, I don't think it's even good for you to do every, every, you know, every day if you're going into really cold, extreme temperatures. So the advice was start small, not too frequently, and, and just you – know, it doesn't even have to be that too cold at first. Um, and that's how you can kind of get into this. Great to have you do all the research on this, Will, and also very good of you to give us your time. Thanks very much for joining us. Oh, it was my pleasure. Will Stone from NPR in America.
Kia ora, Jim. There's a group of us who go boogie boarding at least once a week all year round south of Oamaru. We're all on the other side of youth and get an amazing sense of camaraderie and fun from being in water down to 8.6 degrees. Jane, other places being mentioned. Jim, I'm 65 years young and have suffered from depression all my life. Turning my shower to cold at the end of my warm shower has had a remarkable impact on my mood and my poor circulation. If you're fit and healthy, I can't recommend it enough. 